This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Catitude. I'm your show host, Michelle Byrne. Okay, what is the most disgusting thing your cat does? Okay, besides missing the litter box, it's hairballs. They look like poo, but they're not. And I, I hate seeing them suffer, and I don't get them. But I have two amazing guests today, and we're going to learn about hairballs and why your cat does, you know, gunk them up and vomit them up, I shouldn't say, and what we can do about it or if we need to do anything about it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I would like to welcome back Pam Johnson-Bennett. She is a best-selling author and a cat behavior expert, and she's been on Catitude several times, and I love having her on the show. And then I would also like to welcome Dr. Amy Shirley. She is a veterinarian, and she also is a level three fear-free certified professional. So welcome, ladies. I'm so happy to have you on Catitude. Hi, thank you so much for having us, Michelle. Before we go on and talk about hairballs, can you both give a little background about yourself to our listeners? Well, I'll start. I'm Dr. Amy Shirley. I have been practicing veterinary medicine for 17 years and have been a practice owner for the past five years and have a fear-free certified veterinary hospital which means that we've gone through an accreditation process. And what that means is that we think about the emotional health of our patients as well as their physical health, because we know that it can be stressful to bring your pet to the veterinary office. Um, It can be stressful for their families, the pet parents that have to come in because their pets are stressed out. And it can be something that we don't look forward to. And so we try to make it as minimally stressful as possible And we also look at, you know, can we treat their anxiety or can we treat their stress and do things to minimize that? Okay, thanks so much. And I am a certified cat behavior consultant. I have been doing cat behavior for, I guess it's 41, 42 years now. And I have eight books out. The first few books, I don't really want anyone to read because there were just so many mistakes as we've learned more about behavior. But what I love as I've gone through this field is watching now more attention 
paid to behavior and the effects of stress on animals. And just as Dr. Shirley mentioned, with Fear Free and, and the approach to getting animals to the veterinary clinic and their experience there emotionally, it's wonderful that that's all, all the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. We still have a long way to go, but oh my gosh, we're doing so much now and animals are, are benefiting from it. Thank you both. And I absolutely agree. We have come a long way. I think about when I was a kid and we only had a dog then and how we treated that dog. And I want to beat myself up because it, it would be very different now. And if we had a cat, it would be very different now too. So I'm glad we've come a long way. Let's talk about something that's a concern for so many cat pet parents, hairballs. So like I had an interesting intro to this show, but the first time my cat threw it up, it looked like a cigar. And I didn't know what it was at the first time I saw that. It's scary watching your cat, you know, go through this. And then when it comes up, it's just, oh, it's just disgusting. But, you know, you're glad your cat feels better. What exactly is it? I mean, we know it's hair from when they're groomed, but there's more to it than that, right? Right. Yeah. It actually has a medical term. So like when we were a veterinary student, you know, we couldn't just put hairball. We had to put the official scientific name, which is a trichobezoar. And right. basically what it is, is it's a mass of hair that forms in the stomach. And then typically a cat, I do sometimes see it in other species like rabbits and, you know, cats are meticulous groomers. And so they will often ingest a lot of hair. And if it doesn't pass through their digestive system and it sits in their stomach, it can form kind of this mass of fur called a hairball. And a lot of times people will see it. And of course, a rite of passage for every cat parent is to step on it in the middle of the night oh, in yeah. bare feet. But many people will think it's poop at first because it kind of looks, it's that shape, like you mentioned, a cigar shape. And people will also disregard it thinking, well, my cat just has hairballs, you know, and, but it can be serious if you don't pay attention to it. And there are many causes for hairballs too. And you have to also pay attention to that. For example, from a behavior aspect, I see cats who do excessive grooming because of stress. So those cats are developing more hairballs than normal. Or if you have a multi-cat environment, you have cats who are grooming each other. And you may have a short hair cat grooming his long hair cat companion. So then the short hair cat is getting a lot more uh, long hair, hairballs. So it's important to pay attention to it. Is it better if your cats don't have hairballs at all? Or does that mean that they're just not expelling it? You want the cat to, if they do groom and get the hair, you do want them getting rid of it. So if the cat does vomit up some hair, it's it's better that it's vomited up than to end up with any kind of a, a blockage. But I also recommend, and Dr. Shirley you can speak more about this, is also when you scoop the litter box, that's a, a time to monitor what's going on, you know, not only in terms of what's going on with urination, you know, the size of the urine clump, and but also what's going on in the poop. I mean, do you see a lot of hair in there too? So those are red flags to pay attention to. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I agree with what you just said. And and I think the reason it looks like a cylinder or it looks like poop is that if you think about the esophagus as a tube, you know, when it comes back up through that tube, it'll form the shape of that esophagus. And so it gives it that shape. But yeah, I think I think ideally we don't want it just to sit in the stomach. You want it to ideally pass through and out 
the GI system and into their into their poop. And you want, you know, the occasional hairball, because cats do a lot of grooming, the occasional hairball is for the most part, you know, nothing really to worry about. It's if it's constant or the cat is trying to vomit it up and it doesn't come up. But there are things that we can do to help the to control the amount of hairballs, to control and keep the hair in better condition and to also help from a behavior standpoint so that the cats don't feel stressed and do all that extra grooming too. Absolutely. So thank you. And so what are some forms of treatment for hairballs? So there are various things that you can do. There's over-the-counter like hairball remedies, like a lot of those are petroleum-based, like lubricants. And so what that does is it's often in like a gel or a paste form. And so they'll coat the hair in the digestive tract and making it easier to pass through their system. And then more recently, a lot of the pet food companies have come up with hairball formulas or indoor cat formulas often have hairball prevention in the food. And so how that works is it typically has higher fiber. And so fiber helps that cellulose helps bind up the hair and help it to pass. Um, sometimes there's oils in the food and that also helps just things to stay slippery and to help it pass through. And then sometimes you could even supplement like fiber supplements and things like that. But those are the three main things. And then I think to remember, you're right, like the occasional hairball is no big deal, but it can also be a sign of something else going on if they're having frequent hairballs. Um, definitely can be a sign of a medical condition. It means pay attention, pay attention and monitor what's going on and see if more treatment is needed, if it's something you have to look into from a behavior standpoint or a medical standpoint. Also, when we think about cats outside, you know, the cats outside, how do they deal with their hairballs? They deal with them by eating grass, you know, and so we can do that for our indoor cats too by supplementing with grass, which provides that fiber. And that's a natural behavior that cat, cats crave that. They have that natural craving. And so you can grow or you can purchase you know, cat grass. And my recommendation is that you not use the grass that's outside, the lawn grass. You don't know what chemicals are on it. You don't know what animals have, have eliminated on it. So to use something, you know, I love pet greens. And it is an easy cat grass. You can buy it already grown, the live grass that is easy to maintain. And you can just, you know, snip off a little bit for your cat or just let your cat munch on it, put a little bit in the food, or you can buy the kit that you grow yourself. So cat grass is an easy way. And you may have to also incorporate things like the hairball remedy and, and other things if it's more serious. But cat grass is something that on a maintenance level, it's fun for your cat. It's something that's natural for your cat. When you think of cats who hunt outside and they get their prey, they get their fiber and their grass from what that prey has eaten. So it's a natural way to help control hair. Well, I'll too. add to that too, just to say that if you're, you may have experienced this too, but sometimes when they eat grass, they will vomit. And sometimes that helps get it up too. So one way or the other, if they eat the grass, they may vomit, but it does help kind of purge what's in their stomach. And I've seen that bring up some hair that's accumulated in their stomach. Right. It's almost like they know they want to get rid of something and the grass will help them do it. And I also recommend that when you start doing cat grass, that you do it slowly, a little bit at a time. You don't just want to 
let the cat munch you know my cat pearl if i let her have it she would just mow down the whole container so i have to monitor how much she eats so you start slowly and a little bit so that your cat your cat gets used to it all right we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back Hey, pet parents, ever wondered how to safely bring the great outdoors inside and connect your indoor pets with nature? Meet Pet Greens, the pioneers in organic live cat grass, catnip, and treats powered with green nutrition. Discover the healing properties of wheatgrass, packed with nutrients and gentle green fiber to support digestive health. Pet Greens helps your pets truly thrive inside. Check out our full range of live cat grass, catnip, and treats at PetGreens.com. That's petgreens.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Pam Johnson-Bennett and Dr. Shirley about hairballs. I have a question on this. What can I do as a pet parent to help groom my cats? And I know cats groom, and I've heard different reasons why. One that it seemed like it was out of the box, but then I thought, hmm, it makes sense, is that it's one of their innate behaviors, and it was originally to keep the smell of food off of them. Right. That is actually because they're predators and they're also prey, they groom themselves after they've eaten prey to get rid of the scent of the prey so that they don't alert other prey that are predators in the area. But they also don't want to let predators know that they're available. So they do that. They also groom to keep the coat in good condition to remove parasites and dust and debris and dead hair and they will also groom for not so great reasons. And that's what we've talked about with, you know, getting stressed because it becomes a displacement behavior. They have to do something. It's also a way that they create their own scent and they will groom each other as a social behavior. That's a, a social bonding behavior. So grooming is really complex and it's a good thing to groom your cat because it's, even if you have a short hair cat and you think you don't have to groom them, it's good to groom because you are removing the dead hair and the more you remove through grooming, the less hairballs the cat will have. It's also a way for you to monitor what's going on with their health. Do you see any lumps or bumps or have you noticed that your cat lost some weight or anything that you have to be aware of? But it's also a bonding behavior. And if you start gradually and make it positive, you don't want to, you know, hold the cat down and make it a miserable experience. If you make it very positive and use treats and praise and whatever the cat views as a reward, it's a great way to start the trust building process. What if your cat's kind of afraid of you? I have one cat like that. And then I have another that's, he's lazy and he's long hair. So we brush him daily and then there's another that she's so sensitive to touch that I don't know what I could groom her with other than I could barely touch her like her back with my hand. Well, you can start with just very light petting and rewarding her. You can use a baby brush. That's how I have my clients start with their cats who are either very sensitive to touch or very skittish. You start with a very soft baby brush or a grooming glove and you 
just do it very briefly and give a reward. You want it to be over before the cat has a chance to go, hey, wait a minute, what was that? And so if you make it positive and end on a positive note, then the next time the cat will be a little more receptive. A big mistake cat parents make is they do too much for too long. And I'll just add on there is from a from a veterinary standpoint is we've unrecognized a lot of these cats that don't like to be touched are painful. It's not always the case, but especially if they're middle age or geriatric, osteoarthritis is highly underdiagnosed in cats. Like if you uh, look at x-rays, most of them have evidence that they have arthritis. And that's another reason they'll sometimes have aversion. So that's something to talk to your veterinarian about if you feel like they maybe even used to want to be touched or brushed and then something changes and they no longer, especially around the back end area, um, that could be a sign of pain. Such a good point, Dr. Shirley. What are some reasons why that it would be normal for cats to vomit besides hairballs? I know that one of my cats does this once in a while when he eats too fast. So cats are funny. Like honestly, vomiting is a differential for an innumerable number of problems. Like it's the number one symptom of heartworm disease in cats is vomiting. So they will vomit for various reasons, sometimes very benign. Like, I don't know, they just, they ate too fast. They call that scarf and barf. So it can be really difficult, but what we look for are patterns. Like if they're vomiting frequently, that's not normal. Um, sometimes it can be a consistency thing with, with the food. So some cats will vomit dry food, but not wet food. But also vomiting hairballs frequently, going back to hairballs, that can be a symptom of chronic small intestinal disease because what can happen is they have decreased mobility of their GI tract. And so the stomach is not moving things out like it normally would because of infiltrative disease. Like it can be inflammatory bowel syndrome, like a form of IBS, or sometimes even like a cancerous condition like lymphoma. So our concern definitely goes up to where you're saying, yeah, my cat used to vomit a hairball once a month, but now it's weekly or it's biweekly, especially if we're starting to see other symptoms like weight loss, um, changes in their bathroom habits, you know, diarrhea or constipation, then that increases our level of concern. And also if they vomit and they don't feel better after getting whatever they vomited up out, you know, sometimes they vomit if they have eaten too fast or they ate something, you know, that disagreed with them or it's a hairball they vomit and then they return to normal behavior because they, it's like, oh, I got that out. I feel better. But if they don't feel better after that, that's also a red flag. Can anxiety cause vomiting? Like do some cats get so anxious, they just will sometimes from a behavior, something different, maybe in their cat, pet parents' lifestyle, can that cause a cat to vomit? Not all the time, but once or twice? Yeah, for sure. I think you know, just like certain people, you know, they may vomit as a response to, to severe anxiety. And so, and every cat, it's just like a person are different. And I'll often see, you know, patients, you know, eliminate like urinate or defecate when they come into the office or in the car ride over because they're so stressed. I actually experienced that. It's funny, but not so funny, but it's how we found Dennis. I um, learned that you really have to make sure that when the cat is in the carrier, the carrier must be strapped down. Otherwise, they can poop in it, and it's not pretty. But we had to find out if he was chipped. That's how I got Dennis. He was abandoned. Little side note. So let's talk more. What should a cat pet parent not do? What is something that's a real big no-no when it comes to hairballs? Don't ignore it. 
pay attention to how often it's happening, how much hair is in there. I think that's, for me, that's the number one thing is if it's an occasional hairball or are you are you just assuming that cats vomit hairballs and your cat is vomiting them once or twice a day? Don't ignore that. I agree with that for sure. And I just was going to bring up another symptom that's often associated with hairballs is people will think coughing or hacking is a symptom of hairballs. And so a lot of times that will go ignored and, you know, they can, you know, especially right before they vomit, they can have some hacking kind of abdominal push, you know, that kind of thing with a hairball. But for far more reasons, coughing is a symptom a lot of times of lung disease. We do have like things like feline asthma and you don't want to ignore those things. Feline heartworm disease is also primarily a lung disease in cats. So I'm in Tennessee. And so we have a really high heartworm prevalence here. And then also heart disease in cats can cause coughing. So again, you don't want to ignore those symptoms and just say, oh, it's probably, it just sounds like a hairball. That's one of the complaints that they'll come in. They'll be like, yeah, my cat is acting like he's got a hairball, but we'll find out, oh, it's something else. So pay attention to changes in behavior. I feel your relationship with your veterinarian is so important and any change in behavior, any change in appetite, anything that is a potential red flag, you should be in partnership with your veterinarian so that your cat doesn't have to suffer one moment longer than necessary. And from a hairball standpoint, just overall, you know, practice good maintenance in terms of make sure you're feeding appropriate food, make sure you're grooming your cat on a regular basis. If you need to use hairball remedy, incorporate cat grass, make it fun. That's also an enrichment part for your cat too. And be aware of, of these things, you know, just cats for so long and um, sadly some of them still are viewed as low maintenance. And so we ignore things in cats until they become these major issues that require, you know, the cat has a blockage and has to go for surgery. So practice good maintenance so that you can prevent these things. Thank you so much. So Pam, you mentioned cat grass and you mentioned that you can purchase cat grass and there's also kits for it. What do you prefer? As I said before, I do not like using the grass outside. I like, there's a company called Pet Greens and I like them because it's organic. You can get delivered live grass that's easy to maintain. You keep it in the refrigerator a little bit, you put it in indirect uh, light, and it's very easy. Or you can buy the self-grow kit. It's good quality. It makes it very, very easy. It's a great company. You can order through Amazon or, or you can buy it at Petco, or you can go to petgreens.com and find out where you can purchase it or learn more about it. But in general, cat grass is a great addition, but start slowly and help your cat get used to it. Okay, thank you for that. So where can people find out more about both of you? Yeah, you can find us at our website is familypethealth.com. And we also have a podcast. It's called the Family Pet Podcast. And my husband and his brother do that one. And, and it's for pet parents. It's not for the veterinary community. It's for pet owners. And it usually has, they'll interview, they've had Pam Johnson Bennett, you know, as, as a wonderful guest. And so we've had people on there that will talk about just a, a host of topics. Okay. And Pam, I know you have a wonderful website and you have information on your books on your website. Can you let people know what that is? Sure. My website is catbehaviorassociates.com. And 
Even though I'm an author and I love to sell books, I have a lot of articles on my website that are in-depth because what's most important to me is that you get the information. So if you can't afford to buy a book, don't want to buy a book, or just have a question about one issue, you can find the answer for the most part there. I just want the education out there. Thank you, Pam and Dr. Shirley, for coming on Catitude. This has been a fantastic show. I want to also thank everyone that listens to Catitude. You've made this one of the most popular cat podcasts out there. So thank you so much. Thanks, of course, to my cat crew. They teach me stuff every day. So thank you, Charlotte, Molly, and Dennis. And of course, thank you to my amazing producer, Mark Winter, because he makes this podcast so much better than it would be without him. And remember, lose the attitude, have catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.